Hello and welcome to the first edition of the NBA Pick and Roll podcast in the year of 2020. To kick the New Year's off, we are going to start with the New Year's resolutions for each of the playoff teams in the Western Conference. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello everybody, happy New Year's and welcome to another 2000, actually the first 2020 edition of the NBA Pick and Roll podcast. I'm your host Perry Rockwood and with me as he is every time is our co-host Eric Holmes. Eric, how is it feeling uh, in the new year 2020? Oh, the new year is great. I'm super excited. The Lakers won in 2000. They won in 2010. Maybe it's a little bit of a pattern who knows <laughs> 2020 here we come i didn't even think of that that's awesome that's, <laughs> that's a good point out right there so how was your your holidays you you went home uh, to spokane with your family holiday season was great um pretty relaxed nice nice little break from the grinds of school and work i know that you saw star wars i saw star wars um, pretty much everybody did uh, I remember texting you and asked, because I really liked it. Personally, I enjoyed it a lot. And you said you gave it a 6 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, no, it was all over the place. Um, they did too much backtracking. They, like, erased what, like, the original trilogy did. I don't know. There was I think they could have taken it in a better direction. But it was fun. It was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think that's the common theme with every Star Wars is that they're always fun and entertaining. The thing I... Obviously, with any Star Wars movie, there's stuff that you would change, and there's a couple things I would change, especially the end scene. Uh, Well, not the end scene, but the end battle, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, But overall, I think just because the one before this was so bad, that this one kind of like, it was kind of a redemption. (laughs) So I think... Maybe if the one before this wasn't so bad, I wouldn't think it was as good. But I just wish the whole movie was just Kylo Ren and Rey. Their stories. Yeah, they were they were always the best part of the whole trilogy. Are Are you a big Rey fan? Um. Yeah, I like Rey a lot. Daisy Ridley's beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, enough Star Wars talk for now. But what we wanted to do, since it is the new year and uh, uh, January 1st today, we just wanted to go over the teams in the playoff race for the Western Conference and kind of talk about some New Year's resolutions that they may have. And don't worry, we won't spare you with our own personal New Year's resolutions (laughs) because nobody wants to hear that. And if you do, just go to Instagram. I'm sure they'll be all over there. (laughs) Uh, So we'll start off. With the first seed in the West right now at twenty six and seven, we have the Lakers. Eric, it's been a it's been a little bit because of the holidays. We didn't have podcasts, uh, so it's been a little bit since we've talked about the Lakers. And uh, I guess, kind of, what are your thoughts of how they ended the season or ended the twenty nineteen year? And what do you think they're going to be looking to do as their New Year's resolution in twenty twenty? Yeah, they had a couple games slide where they lost four in a row. Um, but it was a tough stretch. One game without LeBron, one game without AD against the Bucks, against the Clippers. Yeah. Tough games. Um, but they 
they found their little a little bit of a stride against the Blazers and against the Mavs. But I think like the biggest New Year's resolution. Um, I think the most important thing is they need to get Kyle Kuzma going. If That's exactly get, what I had on mine. Like, what's get, the situation with Kuz? Yeah, if they can get Kuz going, I think it'll solve a lot of their problems. But, I mean, we just found out news from Woj and Sham, Shams earlier today that Darren Collison might be making a little bit of a return. So that could solve some more problems. But um, I think they're they're great where they're at. They need to continue beating the top tier. They need to start beating the top tier teams of the league. They're like two and five over against like some of the upper upper talents. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I feel that Kuz is a big question mark right now because you see a couple of the games that he played where he was just on fire, and you're like, okay, this is why we were so excited to have him as the third option. But then you hear the stuff like with his trainer and LeBron and like just drama and stuff like that. And uh, you know, LeBron likes to ship players out. So I just, I don't know if they're maybe going to try to pull a trigger on a trade to get some, a spot up shooter for Kuz. I hope they don't. I hope they stay with Kuzma. I really think as he continues to get back from his injury that he can become that spot up shooter for them and can do well. The one, the one thing that's been really scary for me is, like, every time Anthony Davis is, like, holding his shoulder <laughs> or, like, or his knee or something, I just think for them heading into the new year that obviously the number one thing is going to be their health, especially with Davis and LeBron. I do really think that they need some spot-up shooters. If you've looked at the success that LeBron's had over his career – He's such a great passer and playmaker that you have to have people who can shoot around him. And yeah. if KCP and Avery Bradley are your go-to spot-up shooters, then there's a problem. And so I yeah, think especially that, with Avery Bradley. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think Collison would uh, answer a lot of questions there if we could maybe get him and get Kuzma going. Any last thoughts on the Lakers or – no, I could go on all day, but nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> all right, so second in the West right now, we have the Denver Nuggets, and they're 23-10. and 10. And I guess what are your, your thoughts on the Nuggets heading into the new year? What do you think they're going to be wanting to be working on and focusing on? I think it's super important for them to uh, win enough games to have home court up until the Western Conference Finals or – if they can win enough to have home court advantage throughout the Western Conference playoffs, um, especially because they're a young team. They got to the semifinals of the Western Conference last year, so they got a little bit of experience. They have that continuity, but the home court would be huge for them, for their energy and for the way they play if they're able to do that. Yeah, we, we've been able to see over the last decade that Denver is a really good home team. And just like you said, them having home court is going to be huge because they don't have the same amount of talent that the Lakers and the Clippers and even the Rockets have. But together as a team, they play really well at home when their crowd gets behind them. And I also think, too, that they can make some trades before the playoffs. We've talked about this before in previous episodes is 
the trade pieces that they have and the depth that they have, especially on the wing, that they could get get somebody uh, good in return that could help them in the playoffs. And one thing I really liked that I saw the other night was that they started Michael Porter Jr. and he kind of went off. It's been sad to see him with the back injury and everything that he dealt with last season and to see him have over 20 points and like super effective night, efficient as well. That was really good to see. And I think if they can continue to give him those type of opportunities that he could be like a really solid piece for them. If he plays well, he's a trade chip that goes away. They'll use they'll use him for building the core out. So they need to figure out. I would say their New Year's resolution is to like to figure out what their team identity is. And they need to figure out who they're going to be playing in the playoffs so that they can start to get those practice reps in. This is something that I kind of heard brought up in another podcast that I listened to an NBA podcast, and they were talking about how. It's really hard to win and build a team around like a true center. And especially if you don't have that like all-star guard to go along with him. So for example, like if you look at Shaq, he had Kobe. So he would have, you look at Carl Malone, he had John Stockton. And, but then you look at like Carl Anthony Towns right now, he has nobody to give him the ball. And so it's like hard it's not going well in Minnesota. And with Jokic, you have Murray. But I think Jokic is a little different because he's such a good passer that you can kind of play through Jokic. Like, what's your thought? Uh, what's your thoughts on having a big guy be your, your franchise player, I guess, especially in the league today? It's a great question. Um, I think if there's one person – in the I don't know I wouldn't go never mind I wouldn't say that it's Jokic that can handle that responsibility. He definitely has the tools because he's a great passer, but they kind of committed to Jamal Murray being their second guy, and I don't know how effective that's going to be. I mean he can grow and do it. They're a really young team, which is also a great sign that they've had a lot of success as such a young team. I think that Jokic, he's in great shape for for as just like a regular person but I don't think he's in great NBA shape no (laughs) I don't even know if he's in great shape for a regular person (laughs) (laughs) I mean I don't know man (laughs) yeah no I I think as tomorrow or the next episode we'll get into this more as we talk about the east because we'll bring up Joel Embiid and the Sixers and I just think it's that's something to really think about is kind of how the league's gone from the team with the best big guy has won and dominated. You know, you had Shaq, you had Tim Duncan, even Dirk won a championship by himself, and to now where it's so guard-oriented. I think it's kind of crazy also that the NBA draft has kind of stayed that way. Yeah, that's true. Big guys like DeAndre Ayton was drafted first, even though – you had Luca and Trey both in there. It's just like trying to shift the culture. People still believe in that center that can really change your franchise, but you should probably be invested in, in guards and wings who can handle the ball and do a little bit of everything. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the Clippers, they're a favorite uh, to a championship, one of the teams. 
and maybe the best team in the NBA, and their starting center is Zubak. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, and then the Lakers, their starting center is McGee. So, so it's like, you don't need to have a dominant center to be a championship team anymore. And so with that, we'll move on to the Clippers. So they're third right now in the West at 24 and 11. For their New Year's resolution, I, it was hard for me to come up with one because I don't think they need to change anything. I think that they just need to continue to, to keep Uncle Dennis happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they do that, then they'll be in great shape for playoffs. I, there's nothing I would change with the roster of the Clippers right now or their coaching. I just think they just need to keep doing what they're doing and keep their superstars healthy, and I think they'll be right there at the end of it. Doc said that their offense was a little bit of fool's gold like a month back, so they can hone in on their offense. And, all, like, they, they kind of got eaten alive when Trez was out by Rudy Gobert a couple days ago. And so maybe uh, one of their resolutions could be uh, finding another big man via the bio market or trade market. Yeah, you're you're right. I can see that. Because when they're playing the Lakers in a seven-game series, AD is just going to take a toll on them. Yeah, and you know you don't know how healthy they'll be if if Zubats goes down or if Trez goes down. Like, they're in a pretty tough spot against the bigger teams in the league. Yeah, no, I agree. And my my New Year's resolution is to see the Clippers and Lakers play. <laughs> a seven-game series in 2020. I just think that would be so amazing, and I hope it happens. Next, at the number four spot in the West, we have the Rockets. They're 23-11 and 11 right now. What do you think's the situation with the Rockets so far? Do you like the Harden and Westbrook uh, duo, and what do you think is their future in 2020? I like Harden as a player. I mean, I don't like the way he plays. I like his – is fit for his team. Russ, it's been weird. They've gained a little bit of traction the last couple of days or last couple of weeks, but it seems like they're always saying that. <laughs> yeah. And then Russ will go off for like 11 for 33 night, like just like a horrible shooting night like he always does. I think their biggest thing is to get healthy. They have a ton of experience. I would never I, – I wouldn't want to see them in any round of the playoffs. That They'll be dangerous because of how much experience they have. So just get healthy, get right, and play your game. Do you think Westbrook and Harden is a better match than Harden and Chris Paul? I'm starting to think no. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right when the trade happened, I'll be like, oh, they'll be a little bit better. But the more I think about it and the more I see Chris Paul play, I'm like, played well for the Thunder I'm saying no I agree and I guess what do you think this does to Harden's stock on his ranking all time as a player because I feel like with the all-time great players first of all they won championships and they could play with with other superstars and it seems like with uh, Harden that he can't play with Chris Paul and he can't play with Westbrook so it's like at this point if you're the Rockets do you just keep trying to find a second guy second superstar to put with Harden or or what do you do that's a great question first of all nobody's gonna take Harden seriously anymore or like even like oh think about his numbers for a second 
until he does something in the playoffs? That's a great question. I think that that the Rockets have kind of babied him, where now he can only play in this situation where he touches the ball every single possession. He dribbles at the top of the key. I mean, it works for him for 90 games of the season, not a, not a, the 116 that they need or 115 or whatever that they need. So it just it's super interesting to see the, that, the dynamic of their team. And I just don't think that the way that they've given him so much of the organization has worked for them. I totally agree. And I often think, too, how would he do in a different system? It'd be really interesting to see him, like, play in the Warriors if he was on the Warriors instead of, say, like, Clay and just see what happened, like, see what would have happened. I don't know, like, to insert him now and to insert him five years ago, that'd be really interesting. The Rockets will be there in the playoffs. We know that. And I hope they play against Utah again. That would just be fun. It's just going to be another year to see whether or not Harden can be the guy in the playoffs and I don't know it's just it's super interesting with Harden because he is one of the best offensive players we've ever seen the playoffs this year will be able to tell a lot about him do you so, think he finishes his career with the Rockets yeah I think he he does because I think they've done everything they can to keep him happy I I think that's why they traded Chris Paul at the end of the day because they knew that Harden and Westbrook were such good friends and they wanted their star player Harden to be happy. And so I think that was a big part of the Westbrook trade. And like you said, they've babied him. And so he's kind of gotten whatever he's wanted. So I don't see why he would leave. Uh, At what point does Daryl Morey blow it up? Do you think if they fail two more times, do you think if they fail one more time, like, I think what it, does he does he does he change the way that the system of the the Rockets goes if they stop playing this isolation ball? If they, for example, if they were like to meet up with the Jazz again in the second round and lose this playoffs, I think the, first of all, D'Antoni would be gone. You would start there, and then you would definitely shop Westbrook and see what you could get, yeah. and maybe even shop Capella and. Well, I I do actually really like Capella. Him and Harden work really well together. But yeah, I think if it's an er, if it's a second round or earlier exit this playoffs, then you got to do something different, you know. Yeah, in which I could totally see because they might they'll be on either the Lakers side or the Clippers side. Maybe the Lakers and Clippers are on the same side. Who knows? But yeah. It uh, that'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to to see what the future holds for that. Speaking of the Jazz matching up with the Rockets, that's who we have at number five in the West. The Jazz are 21 and 12 right now, and for their New Year's resolution, I said that they need to figure out the Mike Conley situation. Is that kind of what you were thinking? Uh, that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, Mike Conley's been a negative factor for them. He has been a detriment to the team. He he just hasn't really gotten into the groove of what the Jazz are all about. And uh, to see them kind of starting to pick up a little bit right now, they they've won eight of their last nine, I think. Yeah. They beat the. They had an impressive win over the Clippers. 
They have one of the easiest schedules in the NBA in January. This is probably a great a great time if Mike Conley can get healthy from that hamstring injury to like find his groove. I think with Mike Conley pushing Joe Ingles out of the starting lineup, it's been crazy to see how much better Ingles has been playing since Conley has been out. And I think that was kind of one of the things that was taking a toll on the Jazz. Because when Joe Ingles plays well, uh, they're, they're a great team. So I just really hope that they can figure it out because we all know that Mike Conley is a great player. And on paper, he seems like literally the perfect fit in Utah. And that's why we had such high hopes for them. And I think he still can be. He's a way better player than Rubio. Uh, and he, but he can do – it's not like he can't do things that Rubio could. He can do all the things that Rubio could do but he can just do them better. So it's like he, they they should be better with him. So I don't know. I think Mike Conley has been so good or like so consistent for so long that he'll, he'll figure it out. There's no yeah. way he's going to have this massive drop-off. And especially, like you said, when they're a second-half team and their schedule gets easier. Uh, next, we have the Dallas Mavericks, and they're 21-12 and 12 right now. So they're both – they're – tied with the Jazz with their record. They've been a super exciting team this year, the best offense in the league. And I guess what do you kind of see in the future for them? Do you think they stay in the playoffs this year in the West? Yeah, oh, they'll make the playoffs for sure. Um, I'd say that they need to figure out Kristaps Porzingis, his fit. They've, uh, they've kind of committed to him being a, a shooter a role a, like a pick and roll guy which is which is fine for them if they can figure it out so just like figure out the best efficiency for them and figure out how him and Luca can play the most effectively together yeah I I totally agree I had Porzingis as well as my new year's resolution for the Mavericks and I think that they are starting finally thank goodness to realize that he's not the most effective in the post so I, I say they just continue to run that high pick and pop with, with Luca and Porzingis and continue to just spread everybody out, including Porzingis, and let Luca do his thing and find people and find open shooters. And when they do that, their offense is really fun to watch. It, it is amazing what they're doing there. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they'll be a great – a super fun team to see – play like a higher seed in the playoffs in the West. Yeah, they're I mean they're stealthy. They'd be dangerous to come against. I just I don't think that they're playoff ready. I, I think Luca will have a lot of turnovers in the playoffs. Yeah. The Lakers uh did a really good job against him the other day. They were they the previous game that they'd gotten crushed at, they were getting eaten alive by his skip passes and by his pick and roll um, offense, but they figured out a way better way to play play against that. And so, when you see that four, five, six times in a row in a series, it'll be a little bit easier to to handle. Right behind the Mavericks, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're eighteen and fifteen on the season. It's just been pretty crazy to me that they're in the seventh spot in what we thought was going to be such a stacked Western Conference, which it is. We didn't know at the beginning of the year if they were going to have CP3 or not. But he's closed out a lot of games for them and made some, like, 
clutch shots for them and has done really well. And Shea Gildress-Alexander is one of my favorite players this year. He's just so smooth and so fun to watch. And uh, his jersey goes like starts half halfway down and ends all the way down in a semicircle. It's so funny. Seriously, though, I know. I always laugh at that. And so, do you think they look to? I don't think they're going to look to shop CP3 unless he like demands that he wants out. I think if they could trade him, he would have been trade or he he he'll be traded. They just can't. He makes yeah. so much money that it's in, impossible. <laughs> so do you think they try to still trade Stephen Adams? He's also in that same boat. He's making like twenty five million or something like that, and yeah, super hard asset to trade. I saw an interesting um, rumor. I don't know how true this is, but that they they have so many assets that they could potentially be a buyer during the trade market. What do you think about that? Maybe unload and uh, – I mean, unload their, their um, different assets they have and buy at the same time. I don't know how much truth there is to that or validity, but – Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that. about that. I think right now they're already overperforming. I don't think any of us thought that they would be in the mix of the playoffs. And if we did, maybe like at the ninth or tenth seed, like looking in – but they're sitting at the seventh right now and they're four games ahead of the Spurs who are eighth. So I think this year you just keep it as it is, give those young guys playoff experience. And then in the off season, you, you just try to do whatever you can to get CP three and Adams off your hands, (laughs) (laughs) which well, I don't see how it happens, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there'll be a little bit more flexibility. But, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, in the eighth seed, the last seed in the playoff race in the West, we have the San Antonio Spurs with a losing record at 14-18. and 18. So, what have you thought of the Spurs so far, kind of staying with their old school play style, not shooting any threes with DeRozan and Aldridge? <laughs> I mean, they've been unimpressive, but – impressive that they climbed back into the eighth spot it wasn't I mean the west has been a little bit of a bloodbath towards the top but not much of a bloodbath towards the bottom as I think as I thought it would be so it's kind of disappointing to see this race turn into a a team with a losing record if that makes sense no it does you expect that in the east for sure but not the west (laughs) Yeah, so to see the Spurs, the Blazers, and, the, like, the Kings and the Timberwolves all performing a way under expectations, don't count out the Spurs, I guess. <laughs> but also at the same time, I think what this shows is that the e- the league is really balancing out more than we thought it was. And it's been so cool to just watch. Like, the last couple of seasons – if there was just a random, let's say, like, the Suns versus the Maps, like, if you just saw that game on your ESPN app and you saw it was on ESPN that night, you'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to watch that. But now this year, even if you see two teams who you may not think might be that exciting, if you just put the game on, like, you don't want to stop watching it because there's just superstars on every team now. And it's just so fun to to watch the league and – I think it's just kind of showing that, you know, we're getting back to good players being everywhere. 
I mean, it's just it's always it, every game holds value. Yeah. So it's just more entertaining for the fan, for the everyday fan, and just for the mega fans like us. Yeah. And, oh, that that made me think. Shout out to uh, David Stern. Saw that he passed away today, and you saw the love from like Kobe, LeBron, everybody on social media, and. Yeah, it was just amazing what he was able to accomplish for the NBA. Yeah, I I just recently read a book with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and like their relationship they had in the NBA and it was just crazy how influential David Stern was to turn around the NBA as much as Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's been really cool just even though the viewer we've seen that the viewership of the nba has gone down it's crazy to see how much it's actually grown globally and how much people love it and i'm just super excited to see what the nba continues to do in the year of 2020 and i know we'll talk about it in a later episode the kind of schedule changes that they want to make as a league and kind of the different things that they are continuing to innovate and try. And that's something we have to really look forward to this new year. And yeah, just things are looking great in the Western conference. It's, it's really uh, looking like it's going to turn into some amazing matchups as we get into the um, playoffs this year in the West, for sure. Yeah. If your life depended on it, who are you taking the Western Conference to come out of the Western Conference. If my life depended on it? Yeah. The Clippers. <laughs> if my life didn't depend on it, I would say the Lakers. But uh, if my life did depend on it, I just uh, – I don't know. Next follow-up question. Uh, do you trust playoff Braun or playoff Kawhi more at this point? Uh well, that's hard because we haven't seen LeBron in the playoffs in L.A. yet. And we didn't see him last year. Uh, obviously, I would trust playoff LeBron more just because of what he's done. is like, insane. But last year, I mean, playoff Kawhi, I mean, nobody could stop him, you know? So, Do you trust playoff Anthony Davis more or playoff Paul George? Have we seen Anthony Davis in the playoffs? Well, I mean, <laughs> he had a good he had a good series against uh, the Blazers like three years ago, two years ago. Oh, that's true. That's true. When they beat the Blazers, the Pelicans did. I think if LeBron and AD are healthy, like a hundred percent healthy, uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to think about. I think when you shorten up the rotation. The Lakers get a lot better. Yeah, because the one thing the Clippers do have on the Lakers is depth, for sure. But you don't need depth in the playoffs, as you can see with yeah. the work. And so that's a good point. That's a good point for sure. I don't know. I'm I'm taking the Lakers, but, but <laughs> it was kind of like that. it was kind of yeah. like our intramural team. Like when we shortened our rotation, <laughs> we were a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Cold blooded, cold blooded. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, again, just super excited for these playoffs this year. And 
in the next episode, we will be doing the same thing, but just going over the Eastern Conference. So make sure that you tune in to our next episode next week. Uh, we're just so grateful for 2019 and being able to start this podcast. I started it for a class and I never thought that people would actually really like it and listen to it. <laughs> um, and you, you guys actually have. And for 2019, we had over 500 people listen which is just amazing. And so for this next year, we want to double that and get a thousand new people to listen uh, to our podcast. And we're just going to continue to go as long as the NBA is being as good as it is. Eric and I will be here. <laughs> and, uh, we're just, yeah, we're just very grateful for all of you that have listened and uh, happy new year's to everybody. Eric, I hope that uh, you can, complete your new year's resolutions and that you have a great year thanks very <laughs> all right guys well thank you again for listening uh hope you guys all had great holidays and we will